Good morning and welcome to Daily Kisaki with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today's Tuesday, October 15th, and we thank you for joining us for our silly show. It is a silly show sometimes. Um, also, thank you to, we had the first person ever to tip us through Subscribestar. Uh, we had an anonymous tipper. It, I, the email I got was an anonymous, it said anonymous, but actually they gave me this person's email address. So I wrote them and if they want to be named, I will name them on the next show, but thank you. I think I know who this tipper is. Huh? I think I know who this tipper is. It's not the person you think. Oh, okay. No. Well, thank you, tipper. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, thank you, anonymous tipper. So you can support the show by going to subscribe star, look for unsafe space. You can, anon- you can just do a one-time tip or you can sign up. And if you sign up, you get your name in the show credits, which is every girl's dream. Um, so the tipper wasn't my dad. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, the tipper was not your dad. <laughs> ah, I, you know, Gary, it's something that we've talked about in the past more, but I think it's uh, worth bringing up again because there's been a couple things in the news in the last few days that reminded me of this. Um, it's, I think it's worth reminding people how biased and corrupt and untrustworthy the legacy media is. Um, and the two things, one of the, one of the things that's what's happened recently is, is project Veritas did, is now releasing undercover videos about CNN and the inherent bias in CNN. I don't know if you saw any of those. Have you, have you seen this? Well, yeah, they've been doing this for a while. I mean, I haven't seen, I saw one of the recent ones, but I haven't seen all of them. Well, but they did the big, they did the one a while back with, uh, what's his face, Van Jones calling the Russia thing a nothing burger. Yeah, they've done a lot of CNN stuff, but the, the most recent thing is they've got a, a guy named Corey Porch, I think is how you say his name. He uh, worked at CNN and agreed to wear a camera in to CNN and recorded phone calls. There's a 9 a.m., I think it's 9 a.m. phone call with Jeff Zucker, who is the, the CEO of CNN. And he recorded the kind of 9 a.m., I don't know if it's a stand-up call or whatever, but the 9 a.m. check-in call that, everyone, that they have every day with Zucker. And it became very clear from this that, uh, A, and by the way, he also recorded lots of conversations with other people at CNN. And it became very clear uh, from this that Zucker had, uh, first of all, a personal kind of vendetta against Trump that seems to be common knowledge at CNN in the newsroom. Um, Zucker was calling Fox News conspiracy nonsense. Um, I saw that, yeah. And Which is kind of funny considering what they do. I mean, yeah. they do conspiracy nonsense. Propaganda. Yeah, right. It is funny because he was also pushing impeachment and he was telling the people in the newsroom like focus on impeachment like nothing else impeachment 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 that's what we've got to do and there was people expressing um frustration at this that just wanted to kind of there there are people at cnn who just want to be journalists but they're kind of being told nope impeachment's the impeachment's the thing and there's at one at one point he says this is a quote from zucker there's a lot of people at cnn that are friendly with lindsey graham Time to knock that off. I saw that. The Golden I, Graham. Huh? They don't like, he doesn't like the Golden Graham. He does not like Lindsey Graham. Um, and 
you know, some of this stuff we know, they talked about Don Lemon being obviously leftist and biased, but the, the thing that was pointed out, and, the, and this, this whistleblower, as they call him, Gary Porch, he claims this isn't really uh, politically motivated. His frustration is, he said, look, it's fine if they want to be leftist, but they need to tell people because CNN spends a lot of time talking about how objective they are. And they're anything but objective. Uh, they are intentionally, and in his view, he thinks they're left biased and anti-Trump biased. They are anti-Trump biased. Um, I don't like to describe them as, I think there's a better way to view the media than left biased, but, uh, but I get what he's saying. Kerry, we've talked about this before. Um, I know that I know that we talk about the media being biased. I don't. I view this as biased toward the deep state, not leftist bias. And I, and there's a subtle. Dis, I, I don't know if it's subtle, but there's a distinction there. Um, and I, whenever you have a, whenever you have a bureaucracy, have you ever seen Parks and Rec, Carrie? Yes. Okay. A lot of people have seen Parks and Rec. Uh, in in bureaucracy, in a government bureaucracy. There are a few Leslie Nopes. Um, there's definitely a lot of Jerry's, maybe some Aprils. There's no such thing as, as Ron Swanson in, in government bureaucracy. They don't exist. There are no people that are members of government bureaucracies that are trying to actively uh, shrink the role and size of the state. That doesn't happen. Right? It's funny in the show. Um, and part of what makes it funny is that he's kind of there hating his job and trying to destroy the very department that he's in, right? That doesn't exist in real life. So what happens naturally in a government bureaucracy, this is why people say like governments naturally move left. What they do is they naturally expand. And the reason they naturally expand and what we call the deep state, it's not a conspiracy theory among, among a bunch of government workers trying to do something necessarily or having some you know, overt agenda. It's just that, there's either stagnation or growth. There's never reduction because there are no Ron Swansons in government. That doesn't happen. There are only people like Leslie Nope who want to do more and more and more and expand the role of the government. So you end up with this or people who just kind of, you know, either don't like their job and are doing it half-assed or trying to be competent at it, whatever. But there's no one trying to reduce the scope. There's no incentive to reduce the scope. Well, there's no, it's like that Upton Sinclair quote that we've mentioned before it's hard to get a man to understand something that it, it, his salary depends on him not understanding. Right. That's, that's also the reason why um, nonprofits and activist groups, movements in general, activist movements in general, that's why they don't stop once they've achieved their goal because there's so many people in the movement who make money off of it. Like we've talked about this before and professional SJWs who they're not only does their ideology tell them to, look at everything through this lens of racism and sexism is everywhere. Right. But they also make a living writing that. And so how, you know, Sean King doesn't have an incentive to stop seeing racism everywhere. That's why he yeah. gets paid. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and I think that's what happened to a lot of the, the feminists, right? The feminist movement was very important for a long time and you had your second wave feminism and a lot of the things that they were fighting for, they basically achieved. Um, and 
they needed something to do. They had this, this apparatus. They needed something to fight against. So they kept going. And that has evolved into trans activism. And now the, the feminists who don't, haven't gone along with that are, are vilified and kicked out. I mean, they're called TERFs. And they, the establishment feminism has moved on, right? They've moved on beyond the original goals because they, they're, they've got a life of their own. And bureaucracies have lives of their own. And so when you look at when you look at legacy media, it's not that they're left-leaning. I mean, they are, but that's not the essence of it. They're just, they just support the deep state. They just support that bureaucracy. They're, they're not technically part of it, but they're not, you know, when you think of traditional left, I know now leftists are kind of authoritarians, which is weird, but 20 years ago, when you think of the left, right, you, you don't think of that. You think of uh, back in the days when the ACLU supported free speech and that kind of stuff. Right. But the, the media has never really been left. I thought, uh, you know, one of the things that I thought of as being on the left was um, anti-war. But the media is never... The media is pro-war, yeah. Right, they're, they're never anti-war. You're making a great point, because I, I noticed that during the... Um, I was a big, you know, I protested the Iraq war. I was out every several times a week at protests in Los Angeles and uh, I was very opposed to George W. Bush and I was opposed to the big, the, all the lies that went into it. Cause I, I think also I was, I was at that point in life that I was at an age where it just, I just, I trusted the media and then I'm like, wait, why are they selling us this war? And they know it's a lie. And why is CNN involved? And I couldn't really wrap my head around it at the time, but it makes sense now because it's not necessarily, they line up with the left more than they do the right, especially the current authoritarian left. Yes. But but they what they line up with are the interests of the deep state. I completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's that apparatus that exists that's not going to go away. The people who we're not electing, but all of those little roles that are filled by sort of like permanent government employees and um, and hires people who are higher up who see people can't really wrap their head around the deep state because they're like, well, but Trump is in charge. It's like Trump not is really. in charge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If we stick you on top of a rhinoceros, who's in charge? I mean, you're technically riding it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's not, it's not that simple. Um, and the deep state has a hell of a lot of power. And interestingly enough, everyone knows this. They only argue against it when they don't like your political leanings, right? There's been countless Hollywood movies about the state, the deep state getting away with things and, you know, all these sorts of well, yeah, and there are theories that the left likes even. Well, and the left is, you know, look at Dennis Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich is an actual progressive. I wouldn't call him SJW. He's a real progressive. He's a real uh, on the left. There are still real progressives who haven't been, uh, you know, sort of what's the word, uh, um, uh, uh, co-opted by this belief system. And he's one of them. And he's he talks about the deep state all the time. That's why you see sometimes you see weird things like, wait a minute, Dennis Kucinich and. Steve Bannon overlap on this one point, you know, it's like, yeah. Right. In fact, there are some radical leftists on Twitter that I actually really like following specifically because I disagree with them about a whole bunch of stuff, but they are spot on with their, they, they monitor the military industrial complex. They monitor the deep state and, and they don't pull punches when it's a Democrat doing something. They're anti deep state. Um, but I think the reason you see the media mostly line up with the left is the left is, 
by and large, um, more proactively uh, about preservation and enlargement of that deep state apparatus, right? It's mostly, the, the, you know, the Republicans sometimes talk about limiting spending and sometimes talk about rolling back programs or, or doing away with agencies. They don't often do it, but they sometimes talk about it. The left doesn't. The left always talks about expanding, expanding, expanding. And if you're, um, if you're pro-deep state, you know, that helps. And the obvious thing with war also just to be, because someone will bring this up if we don't, uh, war sells news, right? I mean, war is exciting. They, right. War is the ultimate clickbait. So, um, but I think, you know, I think there's a, a link that's deeper than just love of war. I think it is a love of, of the deep state. And if you think about a large media organization, first of all, any large company likes the large bureaucracies because it's, they, they're barriers to entry for, for newcomers, any kind of regulation or any kind of, and even large bureaucracies are barriers to entry because if you're, let's say you're CNN or you're ABC or whatever, you've got teams full of contacts with all these people in the deep state. Cause this is where you get a lot of, of information. You get anonymous sources, you get to um, understand what's going on, what the government's up to, all your sources and all your information is often coming from bureaucrats in the deep state, not necessarily elected officials. And so this is kind of your, uh, they kind of, they're your, you know, your news that you're using. Yeah, you, they know it's, it's the people who butter the, uh, the biscuit. <laughs> yeah, right. And so uh, if they go away, it becomes harder to report on. And actually, there's less to report on. You have to do a little bit more work. So it's much easier to have a Rolodex of people who work for various agencies that can just fill you in on information. So, and, and obviously, there's ideological. They, were, they all went, you know, most of the people in, in the legacy media uh, went through humanities departments of universities. And even though probably everything is now infected with radical Marxism at universities, including physics, uh, to some extent. Certainly, the humanities have been more infected and infected for longer. So they've been building this army of leftists. So anyway, so that's what's been going on with CNN. Uh, the other thing that I that made me think about this and not trusting the mainstream news is, Carrie, did you see the ABC yes, video? I did. Okay. I So... I'm, I'm going to play, I made a little, I'll put this video up separately, actually, because it's, it's like a minute long. It's pretty short, but uh, I'll, I'll play this video, I'll give some context. So ABC, as, as we've talked about, the mainstream media, including ABC, um, they are not anti-war, so they're very upset that Trump is pulling troops out of Syria or has pulled troops out of Syria, and they're trying to... Uh, present this in the most dramatic light possible, sensationalize this, oh my God, look what the Turks are doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, never mind that we've been funding and arming ISIS in that region and everyone kind of knows it and whatever. So anyway, they, they wanted to show some video of the dramatic excitement that was going on and they were caught using a video from the Knob Creek shooting range and pretending in Tennessee, or sorry, Kentucky, and pretending that this was uh, footage from, of Turkey attacking Syria. And this is, um, this Knob Creek video was taken in April of 2017. So let me just play this for people who haven't seen it.
This video, obtained by ABC News, appears to show the fury of the Turkish attack on the border town of Talabya. A border town bombarded by Turkey's military. This video right here appearing to show Turkey's military bombing Kurd civilians in a Syrian border town. The Kurds who fought alongside the U.S. against ISIS. Now, horrific reports of atrocities committed by Turkish-backed fighters on those very allies. This is just, uh, it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they treat the news like entertainment, right? So some kid, I can totally see how someone who works there would be like, well, let's sweeten this, let's go and get some footage, and the footage we have doesn't tell the story we want. So... But the story we have, because they believe the story is true, the story we have is true. Let's just get something to, you know, sensationalize it a bit, sweeten it a bit, you know, give it, when I say sweeten, it's almost like a, well, like in comedy, sweetening is when you put in extra laughs, right? Well, this is like putting in extra, extra explosion. Excitement. Here's some. Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah. it's true. Let's just sweeten it up. Right. And if you'll notice though, so ABC has actually acknowledged this. They've apologized. Oops, we made a mistake. What they haven't done is explain at all how this happened. And if you'll notice, I don't think this could be a, a, like a, oops, I grabbed the wrong file. Uh, on oh, the of course not. No. Because, yeah, but if you look, they did a couple things. One, they zoomed in. Zooming in on the video uh, crops out the crowd. Um, so you can't actually see the rain. You just see the zoomed in port part. And they... They made it low res, which makes it look like it's like a satellite feed live from the fields of, you know, uh, Syria. But in, in fact, they had to actively, they had to actively do that. They had to actively take a high res video from YouTube, from, from this event in Kentucky, zoom in, crop, and down res. That's pretty intentional. That's not an oops. That's like, you know, that's like a guy who's cheating that's like, oops, I, I tripped and cheated. Like, well, <laughs> I fell onto this woman on the sidewalk and we managed to have sex. Like, that's not, it's not a mistake. That's an intentional, that's an intentional deception. It's not a mistake. It's not like they used the wrong video by mistake. It's an intentional deception. And they haven't explained it. They haven't said, we're sorry, we tried, yes, we fired the guy who was trying to do this because blah, 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 or whatever. They didn't, nothing. Just, just a, an arrogant little, oops, sorry about that. Right? And they're only sorry because they got caught. And if it weren't for the internet, they probably wouldn't have got caught. Yeah. Right? They wouldn't have got, in the past, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know where that video was well, from. Yeah, I'm sure this has happened lots of times. And th just think about all, all the times over the past two years. And I say two years because that's when I started paying attention to stuff. <laughs> really. When Obama was president, I was like, oh, you know, as a typical, I think pretty, I think I was a pretty typical leftist or whatever at the time. Um, I didn't really pay attention to much that he was doing because I was like, oh, the person I like is in control. I can go to sleep now. You know, I'd been hypercritical during the Bush years and then during the Obama years, I just like put my blind, I just well, go to sleep now. Um, but, you know, that's one of the things that bothered me the most about the leftist uh, supporters of Obama, the liberal supporters of Obama. You were all, you were the same people chaining yourselves to Market Street to protest the Iraq war. And he like, he didn't do anything he said with respect to like withdrawing troops. He had drone Tuesdays. 
I know. I know. Silence from you guys. I know, I know this now. I know this now, but I didn't know this back then. They yeah. really, well, you know, in fairness. Think about, the, think about the echo chambers you're in for a second. You are really not getting this news. You're right. I was going to say, in fairness, CNN probably wasn't talking about it much, right? No, no. Not like Jeff Zucker. It's not like Jeff Zucker was waking up going, we're going to get Obama today. You know? <laughs> right. I want you to talk about his drone strikes. <laughs> Nothing but his drone strikes. <laughs> right. Like, imagine if they treated him the way they treat Trump. It would be totally different. But even then, I think there's such a... Uh, a collectivist delusion that happens um, when you're on probably on both sides, whatever, you know, I don't know. I wasn't on the right. Maybe the same thing happens there when you're, your guys running things, but, but on the left, when your guys running things, or t- you, even if the media had been reporting about it, nonstop, which they weren't, you, you, you still have, there's this amazing ability just to like ignore things when it's your guy doing it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. Although you're reminding me that, uh, something else that I wanted to mention when we talked about the deep state, Carrie, I think part of the, I won't say this is intentional, but part of the distraction here is getting people to think in terms of left and right. It's not about left and right. It's not about the Republicans versus the Democrats. Oh, I totally agree. That's a, that's a, that's a distraction, but that most people do think in terms of left and right. So you, I find that I have to speak in terms of left and right because that's the way people. Oh, think. I'm not criticizing you for speaking yet. Yeah. I'm just saying, um, you know, when you start to see this stuff, when you realize that the, that there is this apparatus and, and there's a, a large pro bureaucracy, pro state growth apparatus supported by the legacy media, you realize that the two sides really, the spectrum really is more of that or less of that. That's the spectrum. It's more of that big state, deep state stuff or less of that big state, deep state, deep state stuff. And you got, and on that spectrum, <clears throat> you've got people on one end who want, you know, basically none of it, like the, you know, anarcho-capitalists or libertarians who want very little. And then the other one, you've got, you know, authoritarians, authoritarian left and the authoritarian right, which is much smaller than the authoritarian left. Um, but you've got, they're both at the other end of, we want a giant police state with a huge apparatus that's policing the world. Um, and that's the, that's the conversation no one wants you to have because the entire legacy media and both parties want expansion of the state. They don't want you looking at expansion of the state as an issue and figuring out what direction you want the state to go because a lot of people want it to go smaller. And when you, when you, po- when you pose the question that way, a lot of people go, well, yeah, it is kind of unruly and out of control. What, like, Kids can't have lemonade stands without licenses from <laughs> officials. We've gone too far. We're cra- and we're policing the entire world. But they don't want you having that conversation. Um, so that's, that's all I really wanted to mention about the legacy media. Um, although, Carrie, there is one thing kind of related. You and I talked about Joker the other day. Did you see that Dave Cullen YouTube video about Joker? No. He made a really interesting point. In his oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, he made an interesting point, and it's related to this. Um, he said, you know, keep in mind, so a, lot, so a lot of people on right, I know we talked about the Joker movie, and we basically pointed out uh, that the left was outraged by it, and, and, but it was a good, it was a well-done movie, and I stand by that. It was a well-done movie. Um, I don't know that we encouraged people to watch it and said it was awesome, but it was a well-done movie. Um, However, Dave Collin points out, look, 
ultimately that movie is part of this mainstream establishment. Like it's, it's owned by a media conglomerate. Uh, it is part of this, it's part of this establishment and we could be getting played, right? We could be, because it's not, it's not rocketing market science or sorry, it's not marketing rocket science to, uh, intentionally gin up opposition to your thing and controversy in order to get it uh, viewed, in order for people to, to find it, in order to, to get it uh, to be more popular and in the zeitgeist. And so it's entirely possible that the outrage over the Joker movie is part of intentional marketing, right? Where it's part of like, okay, we're going to get outraged by it. People are going to pay attention to it. The right's going to then want to go see it just because we're outraged by it, which People do react that way. I react that way. If there's a lot of leftist outrage about something, I'll be like, well, I, wasn't, I wouldn't go see it, but I will. And that was actually what I did with the Joker movie. I wouldn't have gone to see it. I don't care about that stuff. But uh, I did because there was so much leftist outrage. And his point is, look, maybe we're, we're really getting played because at the end of the day, although the Joker movie is well done um, artistically, it's not really a positive pro Western civilization message. It's not a, this isn't a, this isn't a, um, a great, a great message about individualism and personal responsibility and smaller government and autonomy. This is, this is really about the breakdown of society. It's kind of a nihilistic movie. Um, it's not really, uh, it's not really a positive movie. It is artistically well done, but it, but they got us to go watch it when we might not have. Um, no, I don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, you don't have to agree with it. No, I don't agree with it. But... He makes is that as good as when you only blindly oppose whatever the when the, when the left complains and you're and you immediately just say I'm going to go like it because they're upset about it. You fall. You could fall into traps like that. Oh well, I agree, so, but we didn't do that. And I don't, I didn't go watch that movie because the left blind, you know, it wasn't a, it's like saying, uh, um, like Jesse Smollett when that happened to blindly oppose would have been to say he's lying immediately, which we didn't do. It's like, I don't blindly go into there. Well, but I watched the, I mean, you might not have, I would not have watched the Joker movie. It wasn't for the controversy. Mm. Um, maybe you would have, but I did. I wouldn't have watched the Joker movie if it wasn't for controversy. Did you watch um, the, the Heath Ledger one? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. But, um, yeah, I think I did a long time ago. Uh, but I wouldn't have gone to the theaters. Not now. I might have watched it when it came out on Netflix or whatever. But, um, you know, I think there is a there is a point to be made here, which is knee-jerking is also not a great strategy. It is important to step back and think about, like, okay, you know, because it, it, it very well could have been a lot of the controversy. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's far-fetched that the controversy was ginned up intentionally to increase uh, viewership. That's a, that's a tactic that's used. So just be aware. Um, I do think the left outrage was probably authentic, but it's easy to get those people outraged at stuff. So that's not very hard. Anyway, that's all. I think that's it for mainstream media, legacy media conversation today, Carrie. Do you have anything else to add? Nope, I think we're good. Alrighty. Well, uh, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. 
please go to unsafespace.com. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can support the show there. And uh, Carrie's going to remind you what day book club is and when book club is and what book it is that we're watching next or reading next. Uh, so I just want to remind everybody that we're going to be doing book club next month, November, Sunday, November 17th. So if you'd like to join us, we're going to be reading The Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haidt and Greg, Greg Lukianoff. Lukianoff. I think that's right. Lukianoff. Um, and you can get a copy through our website and support us through an affiliate link. And we really appreciate it. Hope to see you next month.